Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Thirty-three. Page thirty-three. What a friend we have in Jesus. Thank <laughs> you. 
page 47, I noticed something on before the broadcast actually started, but it's so much related to the sermon that I want everybody to be able to hear it. Page 47. How great thou art. Today is December the 13th, 2023, Wednesday, the first day of the 10th biblical month. Sermon topic, sermon title, Significant Signs in the Spring of 2024. Song good, page forty seven. Thank you. 
Amen. Praise God. Singing that song, it came into my mind. But you know, in this life, I will never make it to Jerusalem. I don't have the money for it. Only rich Americans can afford to go to Jerusalem. But in the next age, after the first resurrection, at some point of time, I will make it to Jerusalem. Amen? And in paradise, the final age, and there's no more time, I will be living in Jerusalem. Living in Jerusalem. Living in Jerusalem. Wow. Praise God. One of these days, we will be walking in Jerusalem. Let us keep our eyes on that prize. Amen. Praise God. And if you live in Jerusalem today, you could be murdered. But in the Jerusalem of paradise, there'd be no death, no pain, no suffering, no prostate problems, no kidney problems, no blood pressure problems, no infections, no viruses, no bacteria. We're going to keep our eyes on the prize. Praise God. The greatest part of it is not just the location and eternal life, but in being in the presence of the one that loved us so much that he died for our sins, that designed us, that wanted to bring us into creation, that we were not an accident, that we are not orphans, that we are not unwanted, that he actually wanted us, designed us, and had a plan for us and saw it through to the end. Praise God. About relationship. Praise God. God has been faithful. Continues to be faithful to show us the future and to prepare us for the future. Let's uh, let's blow the... I think we'll pray first and then blow the show fire. Let's go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, happy 10th month. Thank you, Lord, for getting us through the ninth month of the biblical year. Thank you, Lord, for faithful to see us through. Even in our sickness, even in our pain, you are there. You are able to give us comfort and strength and endurance and perseverance, able to see us through the storm. Thank you, Lord, that you test us and make us stronger. Thank you, Lord, that you are making our army of strong people, strong individuals, Strong church. Praise be to your name. 
Thank you, Lord, for giving us even additional confirmation and proof of the letters J and E in your name and agent lineages. How you continue to confirm your truth. People are truly without excuse. Thank you, Lord, for this message that we're about to receive. Pray, Lord, you help us to understand the truth and let us not deceive ourselves. Let us not be deceived by any angel, by any spirit, by any person, by any organization, church, or pastor, family member, or friend. Let us not be deceived, but rather walk in your truth, only your truth. It is the only truth. We receive this word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's turn to Second Thessalonians, two Thessalonians chapter two. I need to go to so far as soon as I get to this page here. Father does say the blow of the horn in your moons and Sabbaths. Sermon title, Significant Signs in the Spring 2024. Significant Signs in Spring 2024. Today's day, December the 13th, 2023, the first day of the 10th biblical month, and it is also the sixth day of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. We'll continue to celebrate Hanukkah. We'll continue to fight our lights each evening. Here in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1, Now we request you, brethren, about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together tonight, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or message or a letter as if it was from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you. It's not until the apocalypse, the falling away, comes first and the man of lawlessness or the man of sin is manifested, the son of perdition also could be translated son of destruction, and we know that's talking about the end-time Antichrist, son of perdition. Many people like to point to another Bible verse that says that there are many Antichrists and that they're already in the world. Absolutely. Amen. But this, in the context and the wording, is very specific to one particular son of destruction. One individual in the end time, in the very end time of this generation. That's very clear in this context, extremely clear. So when these people bring up that there are many antichrists, 
those people are going to eventually suffer from their foolishness. That's the rule of life. If you're a foolish person, you will suffer the consequences of your foolishness. The context is very clearly talking about one end-time individual that we know will be the end-time New World Order leader. Muslims call him the Maori. Christians call him, traditionally we call him, the Antichrist. So let's not strive about words. Amen? Then, verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above everyone. In other words, he opposes everyone, while at the same time exalting himself above everyone, called God, or object of worship. That includes Allah, or any other God, exalting himself above the gods of the religions of the earth. He exalts himself above all. So he's calling himself God. And so that he will sit in the temple of Theos, the temple of God, exhibiting or showing himself as being Theos. That's very clear. But people misinterpret that and twist it, say that he's standing on the temple mount or in a Jewish temple. But it does not say a Jewish temple. And it does not say the third temple or an empire's temple or such and such a temple. But only God's temple. Amen. And if we allow the Bible to interpret itself instead of us interpreting the Bible, it does say in Revelation 11, uh, perhaps verse 19, says that uh, the temple of God is in heaven. We don't have any Bible verse in Daniel, in the book of Revelation, in Thessalonians, anywhere in the Bible. They don't have any Bible verse that actually says that the temple will be rebuilt. It doesn't say it. It takes interpretation. When you deal with people's private interpretations, which the Bible says we do, should not have a private interpretation of prophecy, when you have those private interpretations, what people think is traditional errors, doctrine errors, traditions of men, not Scripture. Scripture interprets it as being the temple in heaven. Now, if you stand in the temple now or a Jewish temple, they would not call it God's temple because any rebuilt temple in our age would be Antichrist. It would be against God, and God would not claim it as his, and it would not say God's temple because the Jews would not be worshiping the true God of Israel within such a temple, and the animal sacrifices would be contrary to the blood of Christ. Therefore, it would not say in the temple of God if it was a Jewish temple. It was a temple of God with animal sacrifices during the lifetime of Christ. It was commanded to be built. God commanded it. The animal sacrifices was commanded during that time. Therefore, it was not yet Antichrist. But a Jewish temple built in our time 
would not be commanded by God, is not commanded by God. We do not have a prophecy of him commanding it to be rebuilt. It's just private interpretation. The Bible says what we should not have. It's very clearly that this is such a great manifestation that deceives the entire world. If you read Revelation 13, the entire world will be worshiping him. And if you look at it down in verse 11, it calls it a strong delusion or a strong deception. This is not a very weak deception, but rather a very strong deception. A man standing on the Temple Mount or sitting in a Jewish temple would not be worshipped by the majority of Christians or Buddhists or Hindus. Only the Jews would worship him. The Muslims would not worship him. Christians would not worship him by the majority. It has to take something very, very strong, extreme manifestation in order to get the whole world, including the Muslims and the Buddhists and the Hindus and the Christians, to worship him outside of Judaism. Only him appearing in the sky would be that strong, would be that powerful. Only a fallen angel appearing as if he was Christ returning in the sky in a pre-tribulation rapture. Only something that significant only something that amazing, that strong, that mind-blowing would be powerful enough to get all religions co-existent, one-world religion, to actually work. Amen. So, if we allow the Bible to interpret itself and if we use common sense and logic because the truth is always logical. Verse 5, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things. And do you know who restrains him? Talking about Michael the archangel in Daniel 12, verse 1, how he restrains him so that in his time he will be manifested. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness or sin is already at work, only he who now restrains, Michael the Archangel, will do so until he, Michael the Archangel, is taken out of the way. That's not the church. If we allow the Bible to interpret itself. Referring back to 12, Daniel 12, verse 1. The Bible interpreting itself. Rather than man's false doctrine errors. Trying to claim it's the church being taken away when you don't have any verse verifying. Just made up. Verse 8, being that wicked one will be manifested whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in cooperation with the strong work of Satan. Right there it shows you it's not Satan itself, the Antichrist, but in cooperation with the work of Satan. And it's a very strong work of Satan of all power and signs and deceiving wonders, miracles, amen, signs that deceive people, amen. We have to remember that just because somebody raises the dead or heals the sick or can bring fire down from heaven, just because they can do these things 
doesn't mean that they are of God automatically. Because even the devil can work miracles. People need to remember that. People fall for demonic miracles all the time. Verse 10, and the fall the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth as to be saved. In order to be saved, you have to have a love of truth, which is why most Christians are not saved. Because they don't love the truth, and the truth makes no matter, no difference to them at all. Verse 11, for this reason, the oath was sent upon him a strong deception. It is God himself that will cause the deception, that will bring the deception to the false Christians to believe that they are participating or seeing, eyewitnessing rather, in the preacher of rapture, but yet not be taken. Pretty amazing that all Christians will be left behind by what they have been praying and watching for. They will believe a lie. Amen? It says they will believe a lie. Verse 12, in order that they all may be judged or condemned who did not believe the truth but take pleasure in wickedness. And that's really the whole world, according to Revelation 13. Amen? Really, the whole world. You can also look at Revelation 12. Now, perhaps that might be verse 19 as well. Talking about Satan has deceived the entire world. Amen. The entire world. This is a powerful warning our generation as we head closer and closer to the great tribulation is something that we need to remember something that the pastor of the church myself that I must preach and remind people of and try to get out there to more people now in connection with this we have three major heavenly signs to occur in the spring of 2024, only three and a half months away. The months of March and April of 2024, we should pay attention to three major important heavenly signs. Now first, let me say that I am not declaring, thus saith the Lord, that the Great Tribulation or the Antichrist will be manifested in this coming spring of 2024. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there are heavenly signs at that time. And we should pay attention to and not ignore heavenly signs. We have seen heavenly signs as well as um, significant signs of the end time in previous years, multiple different previous years, we have seen repeatedly signs in the months of March and April. They were extremely important, extremely significant, 
we should have been watching and we did watch, and I don't regret watching the heavenly signs that God brings. The point of the heavenly signs is to cause one more person, another person, another person, more and more people to pay attention and to understand and realize and to embrace the truth that we're getting much closer to the Great Tribulation and to help people realize and understand and believe what time of year that it will occur, the season in which it will occur, whatever year it will occur, the season, the timing, even the specific holy day in which it will occur on. That's very important. We should not ignore such signs that God wants us to pay attention to. Now, these particular signs of 2024, I'm going to list in very brief, one, two, three, and then we'll talk about it. First one, be on the, the day of Purim, March 25th. Purim is March 24th and March 25th, 2024. During the night of the 24th, or you could say morning of 25th, however you want to say it, it will be almost a total lunar eclipse in the United States. Even though this is not in the Middle East, it is significant because how there's three different signs that line up one after another and the dates in which they occur. So just because they're not in the Middle East, or at least two of them is not in the Middle East out of the three, we shouldn't completely ignore it and we have three lining up on significant dates, regardless of the location. We could consider that Washington, D.C., being in the United States, and also the fact that the United States is significant to the end-time judgment. If you destroy America, you destroy the world. You know? Destroy America, then you destroy the policeman of the world, and then the dictators and evil can reign over the entire planet. So it's very significant, anything relating to Washington, D.C., anything relating to America, affects the entire world. It's always been that way in the American civilization during modern times. So shouldn't just blow it away just because it's not in the so we have almost a total lunar eclipse. Some people say it's not 100% lunar, that they ain't going to pay attention to it. It's something like 98%, 97%, I don't know the percentage. It's almost total lunar eclipse on the specific date of parent, not just any day. Then the second thing is almost a total solar eclipse on April the 8th, this is only 14 days apart. And that total solar eclipse is on the last day of Ramadan. Am I saying that right? Ramadan, the Islamic month. Now, it also would be the last day of God's biblical month as well, of the, the 12th month, I think. Uh, 
say so maybe it's not that I thought it was. We'll have to double check that. I thought maybe the Muslim uh, goes with the God's love. Well, starting with the first. I don't know if that gets lost the same when we have it. So we're going to have to check into all that. But it's the last day of Ramadan, for sure. So that's April the 8th. And that's still a significant date, even if it's not a holy day in our calendar. Because Ramadan is the month of terrorism. It is a very holy month in the Islamic calendar. And the third thing is the appearance of Comet B12, P, P12 Pons Brooks, which is nicknamed the Devil Comet. I didn't nickname it that. That's what they're calling it throughout the mainstream news websites, the Devil Comet. And it will be perhaps seen with the naked eye by the end of March. That's what they're predicting, by the end of March. So March 25th is the lunar eclipse on Purim. And it's probably right in that week, perhaps even that day, that it will become visible to the naked eye. That's huge. If you have the lunar eclipse and Purim, and the devil comet becoming visible to the naked eye, all three at the same time, and also it's during the month of Ottoman, that's pretty significant. As I said, Ottoman is the holy month of Islam, and traditionally, historically, we should say historically, we have seen a lot of terrorist attacks and wars and different things to occur during that time frame. Ramadan, uh, Ramadan is March the 10th through April the 8th. It varies year to year, but that's the way it will be in 2024. If I look at 2025, we don't see, as far as I know right now, I'm not being able to find not heard of any huge major major events of like um, anything like this where you have multiple eclipses, where you have a comet, where it's happening on the holy days. It's unique to 2024 as far as if we compare it to 2025. Now let's break this down a little bit. The lunar eclipse on Perm, March 24th, March 25th. That would be a full moon, because Perm always occurs on the full moon. And yet it is also almost a complete, almost total lunar eclipse on Perm. But it's also in the Catholic Church and Orthodox churches, it is Palm Sunday. So the Christians would seize upon that, the tradition of everything in Palm Sunday, and the Jews would seize upon it as being parent. So you have Judaism and the false Christians as well, uh, seeing that it's occurring on a significant 
States. Now let's look at some Islamic prophecies, hadiths, and also what the Quran says. Now, of course, we don't believe in Islamic hadiths, but it's important to consider what the Muslims predict, what they say, what they believe, what they claim, because they historically do use the Quran and history, historical dates, holy days in their religion. They use all these things in the hadiths to try to validate their wars and their religion, their lies and their deception, their evil and their wickedness. So we can't ignore these things. Even though, even though we don't believe in Islamic hadiths, we should not ignore what they believe because they use that as their techniques. There is a hadith, I guess, from uh, the 10th century AD that says this. It says, for our Māori, or in-town world leader, for our Māori there are two signs which have never appeared before since the creation of the heavens and the earth. Namely, the moon will be eclipsed on the first night of Ramadan, or on the first of the nights of which, of which a lunar eclipse can occur. And the sun will be eclipsed on the middle of the day. And these signs have not appeared since God created the heavens and the earth. Now they interpret this different ways to where it might not have to be specifically on the first night and the middle of the night of Ramadan. Now it does mention the lunar eclipse first. And in this cycle of three signs of 2024, it is the lunar eclipse that occurs first, but it's not the first day of Ramadan. So it would be incorrect in the timing, but they wouldn't care. That wouldn't matter to them. They would still seize upon it that it is the lunar occurring first out of the three and that it is in the month of Ramadan. And they do try to twist things, even like Christians trying to twist the Bible, the Muslims also twist the Quran. So they would still seize upon this as a, a claim of a fulfillment of Islamic prophecy. And there could be a lot of Muslims that are looking forward to these signs as the appearing of the knowledge, because they know these hadiths, they know their prophecies, so forth. They would be planned they would be planned that the Maori will appear this next spring. Now, most Muslims don't actually uh, believe in this particular hadith, but it doesn't matter. Because if it were to be fulfilled of the Antichrist or their Maori appearing on that date, they would automatically start embracing it. So it doesn't matter whether they currently embrace it or not. They would seize upon it as another piece of evidence, so-called, for their religion. Now there's another hadith 
I don't know how well it's accepted, but I believe probably more so. Another hadith that says this, quote, during Ramadan, there will be a sound. In Shawar, there will be a hum. In this other tribe, there will be fighting. In this other place, pilgrims will be robbed. And in this other place, I don't know how to pronounce these words, there will be a herd will call from heaven. Attention, surely the choice from his creation is so-and-so, so hear him and obey. That's hard to understand, but if you read between the lines subliminally, it's talking about during Ramadan, basically that there will be a trumpet, a sound, a trumpet from heaven. As, in other words, subliminally saying the coming of the martyr. There's another one very similar as well. So we have two or three Maldives, I mean two or three Hadiths, at least, that I know of that I was able to find within a short period of time in researching, at least two or three Hadiths that do proclaim, at least subliminally, at least reading between the lines, the coming of the Mali during Ramadan. Now there's also something that should consider in the Quran. Again, we don't believe in the Quran, but they would seize upon it if they're given the opportunity. And it is in, um, what do you call it? How do you say that chapter? What they call their chapter? Surah? Surah? Whatever they call their chapters, chapter 75, uh, verses 7 through 10. And the chapter or the, the book, maybe they call it a book called the resurrection. The chapter of the Quran is called the resurrection. And it says, so when vision is dazzled, or when when is the resurrection? It says, when will be the day of resurrection? Then it says, when the eye is dazzled and the moon is eclipsed, and the sun and the moon are brought together. Man will say on that day, where is the escape? That's in the Quran. And I did verify that. It is in the Quran. You think about their version of the resurrection. It would also, even though it doesn't say it, it would also be the coming of the Maldi. The Maldi is not in the Quran. But the Shiites which is what we're worried about more than anyone else, that would be Iran and Syria. They are Shiite nations. They're the ones that's going to rule, even the Sunni nations will be ruled by the Shiite nations. And uh, Assad's version of Islam, which is the Alawi sect, is a version of the Shiite denomination of Islam. So it's, it's, even though the Sunnis are just as evil, but it's the Shiites that they have to worry about the most. They are the ruling party of uh, the axis of the evil. And the Shiites do believe in the Maori. And when they read this about the resurrection in their mind and in their teachings, it would be related to the coming of the Maori. We have been saying repeatedly over the 
past few years, we have been saying here in this ministry that it will be um, a fake coming of Christ, which we know the coming of Christ is related to a resurrection. There's a relationship there. So if, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, I'm not prophesying that it will occur in 2024, coming of the, the manifestation of the Great Tribulation, uh, Assad finally publicly proclaiming himself as God, I'm not saying it's going to be 2024, but these heavenly signs of the comet, the lunar eclipse, and the solar eclipse, all during Ramadan, and the lunar eclipse occurring on Perm, these are things that we shouldn't just totally ignore. At the very least, at the very least, they are very strong and significant, important foreshadowings that point to a future fulfillment of the Antichrist on the same day of Perm, whatever day it might occur in the Roman calendar. maybe a different date, but we're talking about the biblical dates of term, whatever year it will be. So again, at the very least, a very important, significant foreshadowing. But there's always that possibility it could actually turn out to be the fulfillment. And if, if we truly have only three and a half months to go, if that's the case, which I don't know if it is or if it's not, but I can't see all this and then keep my mouth shut about it. That wouldn't be right. Because I'm not hearing anybody else in the church point these out. I'm seeing. I'm the one seeing. I'm the one hearing the news, paying attention to the news, keeping track of the news. If I see these things and just turn a blind eye to it and not share with you what I am seeing, then God will hold me accountable to that. Because at the very least, it is important, significant signs that God is manifesting. It is God that controls the lunar eclipses and the solar eclipses. It is not the devil doing that. It is a sign from God. If I just keep my mouth shut and not say anything about it, God will hold me accountable for not sharing what I am seeing. Now, we did not mention a comment in these hadiths, but I am sure that there's a hadith somewhere about comments. I'm pretty sure I've read that over the years. And we know that traditionally and, and historically, comments have been a barrier of bad news. It's been a sign of historical events. Comment 12P, Hans Brook, called the Devil Comment. Why is it called the Devil Comment? It's called that because in some of the images, pictures, in outer space, that it has what they're calling two horns. Now, to me, it doesn't look like two horns. 
And it's also not two tails. They're not saying that it has two tails. In all the different articles that I've seen about it, none of the articles describe it as having two tails. It's not two tails. What it looks like to me is angel wings. When I look at it, that's what comes to my mind. It looks like an angel. Angel wings. But they're calling it two horns. Uh, so they call they are calling it the double corner. Now, if they're calling it the devil comet, and it comes into uh, the naked eye around March 25th, around time, uh, around that week, it just said it just said the last week of March. It didn't give us a specific date when it would come into the naked eye. But last week of March, that would be around the time of current, March 25th, as it gets closer and closer. We can narrow that time down and see if it actually is on perm or not. But whether it occurs on perm or not doesn't really matter. It's still that particular same week that they are predicting that it becomes visible to the naked eye. It would, of course, be visible by binoculars even before then. but here's another thing about it is that's just when it becomes visible to the naked eye that it could continues to get closer to the sun after that. And an important time frame of a comet is always the date of when it's the closest to the sun. For whatever reason, that is always a significant date for the lifetime of a comet. When is it going to be closest to the sun? And that will be right well. Uh, the majority of the websites I saw said April the 20th, April the 21st, which is the day before Passover. April the 21st, the day before Passover. So I think that's significant as well, and that could be off by a day or two, because these are just estimates of times. Uh, as it can speed up, it can slow down, and it's hard to estimate the exact date of a comet and it is still months ahead of time, still months away. So these are estimates. So if they said April 21st, it could actually come on Passover or the first day of unlimited bread. Now, there's been several times in recent couple of years, while they have been watching this comet over the past couple of years, it has had several what they call outbursts, where it kind of explodes and really, really brightens up, uh, immediate brightening and explosion, an outburst. And one of those outbursts recently was on October the 5th, two days before the Hamas massacre against the Israelites. Another outburst occurred on October the 31st on Halloween. Another outburst occurred on November the 17th, I believe. 
So there continues to be explosions and outbursts repeatedly of this comet. It would be interesting if there is a particular explosion or outburst on, on Perm or Passover. Uh, these would be significant if it did. Let's go over a list of events that occur during the month of Ramadan of 2024. The first day of Ramadan, March the 10th, being daylight savings time begins in America, and on the calendar that is the official, official new moon, which we don't consider as new moon because their scientific new moon on the calendar is the first day of darkness where there's no moon at all for two or three nights. But that is still uh, the official new moon uh, on that particular first day of Ramadan. So I guess they don't go by crescent moon from that information. They must be going from the scientific darkness new moon. So then our calendar would be a couple of days off from theirs. Uh, the biblical calendar would probably be a couple of days off from theirs. Now again, we have to research the difference between God's calendar and their calendar. But from what I'm seeing right now, in front of my eyes, it looks like their calendar is about two days off from, from God's calendar. Then, during Ramadan, we come to March the 14th. We know that March 14th is related to the original 2006-2008 prophecy claimed by this ministry, one of the very first prophecies ever proclaimed way back 2006 was the year that this ministry started. And God had given me the date of March 14th. I won't go into all the details. But it was fulfilled in March 14th of 2008 by the manifestation of a tornado in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, right downtown in a major metropolitan city, did damage to CNN News headquarters as well as the, uh, uh, I forget what they call it now, the Georgia Dome, whatever they call it, Georgia Dome, in that day and time, which they now have tore down and rebuilt. Uh, the tornado had hit those two significant locations and did damage to the roof and ceiling of the Georgia Dome during the uh, televised, live televised basketball game. And basketball was part of uh, the prophecy of uh, relating to the prophecy. The date, as well as basketball having to do with the prophecy, as well as news, news, CNN news. The news was also part of the prophecy revelation as well. So it was a fulfillment of prophecy, a major fulfillment. And it, what happened is, un, I, at that particular time, I did not have any information, revelation about parents. But that was related to 
the parent prophecy that we now know, that we now have understanding of, that God revealed years after that. But that was the first time that God was starting to open my eyes to heavenly signs relating to parents. A tornado, a storm, being a symbol of the Antichrist and a heavenly sign. March 15th is the traditional Ides of March. March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day. March the 20th, Spring Equinox. March 24th, Catholic Palm Sunday. March 24th and 25th, Purim. March 24th and 25th, total, almost total, lunar eclipse in America. And being Purim, it is the true odds of March. The true odds of March is always in the full moon of March, which is Purim. So Purim is always the true odds of March. So that was very interesting because in the original 2006-2008 March 14th prophecy, the odds of March was declared that that was significant for that prophecy. And at that time, like I said, I didn't understand about parent yet. March the 29th will be Catholic Good Friday, and March the 21st will be Catholic Easter. Oh, I must have wrote that down wrong. It must be 31st. Uh, The 31st, I'm sure, Catholic Easter. And then April the 1st, April Fool's Day. Then April the 8th, the almost total solar eclipse in America and the comet being visible at the same time. This is what I forgot to say. Is that even though the comet becomes visible to the naked eye on Perm or around in that same week of Perm, there is also significance during the time of the solar eclipse 14 days later. Because during the time of the solar eclipse, the comet will be visible during the eclipse right next to the eclipse in the sky. You will be able to see with the naked eye both the eclipse in, in America, both the devil comet and a solar eclipse both side by side in the sky over Washington, D.C. Now, and that is, let's see, the last day of Ramadan. And all of that list is during Ramadan. So these are significant signs that we can't sniff at. We shouldn't ignore. They're significant. We have saw significant foreshadowings, signs, in the month of March and April of some previous years, multiple years we have seen that, including way back in 2008. How much longer will we continue to see significant signs in March and April? Will it go for another 10 years? Perhaps. 
but rather it's rather we have three and a half months or rather we have 10 years or 20 years. We should not ignore what God is doing, what God is showing, what God is saying. He's trying to get more and more and more people to understand that it will be on the date of Purim of whatever year that will shake the earth spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, that your life will be shaken from its composure. Amen. Let's turn to Ezekiel 33. As we turn to Ezekiel 33, I'm reminded in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul, the Gaza war that we're seeing occurring right now. The Gaza war won't be over with. Amen. It will never be over with. The Islamic, I mean, the uh, Israeli government is saying repeatedly that this war is not going to end this month or this year. They have said that repeatedly. They will continue to wage war in Gaza to destroy Hamas 100% and to reshape the government of of, uh, Gaza to put something different in there, which, of course, you're going to have the Muslims fighting them tooth and nail about whatever is to occur there. This ain't over with. We are still being in the midst of war in the Middle East when it comes March and April. We have the constant threat of Iran and Hezbollah, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, and Biden. We have all, and Russia and China, we've got all of these constant threats dealing with the current time frame as we go into these spring months of March and April. So in the context of what we have occurring, it's significant to consider the possibility of what could occur in 2024. What page number? 133. Or 134. Mm-hmm. On your Bible when you ordered it, rather you have the color copy of black and white copy. But Ezekiel 33, verse 1. And the, the word of Jesus came to me, saying, Son of humans, speak to the children of your people, and you shall say to them, On whatsoever land that I shall bring a sword, and the people of the land take one man of them, and set him for their watchman, and he shall see the sword coming upon the land, and blow the trumpet, and sound an alarm to the people. And he that hears the sound of the trumpet shall hear indeed, and yet not take heed, not take action, and the sword shall come upon him and overtake him, his blood will be upon his own head, because he didn't prepare. He did not take action. Verse 5, because he heard the sound of the trumpet and took no heed, no action. His blood should be upon himself. But the other 
because he took heed, he did take action, he has delivered his own soul. Verse 6, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not sound the trumpet and the people do not watch, and the sword comes and take a soul from among them, that soul is taken because of its iniquity, its sin, but the blood thereof will I require at the watchman's hand. Verse 7, son of humans, I said, I have set you as a watchman to the house of Israel, and you shall hear a word from my mouth. Amen. I can't ignore and keep my mouth shut. I have to blow the trumpet. I have to share what I am seeing, and these are the things that I am seeing. Then there is a lunar eclipse, a solar eclipse, and a comet on significant dates. During a Gaza war, and things were increasing upon the earth, then these are things that we must pay attention to and prepare. So I'm going to open up the chat room now on Mixler. And if anybody has any questions about anything I have said, you're welcome to ask questions right now in the Mixler chat room, as well as if you have my contact information on WhatsApp or Telegram or text messaging, if you have my contact, any of these, uh, let's see. Brother Gerald, do you have anything? Excuse me. Just a brief comment that the uh, that the uh, Islamic holy symbol is a, a moon, a crescent moon, a star. They definitely pay attention to heavenly signs, even if no one else does. Exactly. That's a good point. That the Islamic symbol of the crescent moon with the star next to it. That star could represent a comet, but they do look like stars with the naked eye. Uh, crescent moon, in this context, could even be like an eclipse of the moon, where you only see a crescent. It's not a total eclipse, so you would still be able to see the crescent of the moon during that lunar eclipse. Let me go over my notes and make for sure that I've shared everything. Uh, 2025 
there's also a concern because the American presidential elections are scheduled for November of 2024. And then whoever is declared president from that election uh, would take office in January uh, of 2025. So that is also a concern because I'm convinced that we'll never again have a fair and honest American election for president. Uh, we could see a civil war break out literally uh, over that particular election. So 2025 is also of grave concern. But as far as heavenly signs, uh, I don't see those in 25. I see uh, I see these very significant signs in 24. Perhaps those significant signs in 24 is pointing to 2025, saying that we got one year left. Perhaps that's what it's saying. I don't know. Only thing I know is I see the signs and I'm sharing them with you. And then whatever God wants to do with them and whatever you want to do with these signs, however you want to react to the signs, that's between you and God, but I have to share what I'm seeing. It doesn't seem that we have any questions. You got anything else, Gerald? The sun and moon are very significant symbols of Freemasonry as well. The sun and the moon are very important Freemason symbols. So this this is pretty interesting about these heavenly signs. Very interesting. Especially when the Quran uh, talks about the resurrection occurring uh, during a eclipse when the, when the moon darkens and the sun and moon are joined. So that's if the moon is the one being darkened rather than the sun, then it's a lunar eclipse. And that's on parent. That's, that's significant. That's, that we can't ignore that. I don't know whether the Great Tribulation will start in 2024 or not, but that is so significant that I think that the only thing we could do is prepare for the possibility. And if it don't happen, then praise the Lord, we have another year or more. And that, that's the only thing I know to do is to share with you what I'm seeing, prepare just in case. If it doesn't happen, praise the Lord, we got more time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you Saturday. We have just a couple of days left of Hanukkah. Friday uh, is the last day of Hanukkah. And um, if I was a young man in perfect health, maybe we would have services that day. Uh, but I'm not a young man, and I'm not in perfect health, health anymore. So I think I'll take it as a day of rest. And 
uh, and just see you on Saturday. Okay, so I'll see you Saturday. Thank you for listening. I will put on a song to take care of the audio delay. God bless all of those that did listen to this service today and to those that uh, will listen to it later today as well. God bless. Page 47 again. star zero.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.